Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports Day. Fix Toolmart, The complete tool center. Serving WA for over 40 years. Yes, very good afternoon, everyone. Thanks to Hazen Mardo for the run home. They're back again tomorrow, being a Friday between 3 and 5, right here on SEN 657. Peter Vlahos with you uh, right through until 6 o'clock. I've got a fair show, actually, on uh, the next hour. I'm going to speak to Jeff Marsh shortly. Swampy played in seven Sheffield Shield successes for Western Australia, dating back to the 1970s right through until the early 1990s. And he's currently still involved, assistant coach of the West Australian cricket team to Adam Voges, who's the head coach. And he certainly is one that, that can compare WA cricket eras because there's many saying at this point in time that this current crop of WA cricketers in the state squad is the best we've ever had because of what they're achieving, back-to-back one-day cup uh, wins, and, of course, it could be back-to-back Sheffield Shield wins, and we've had the Perth Scorchers win the BBL again back-to-back there. So Jeff Marsh was part of the 80s when we won, I think it may have been five titles from 81 through to 89. It might have actually been six. Won a couple also in the late 70s. So... And there were some great players. Some of the great names of WA cricket were around in the late 70s and during that 80s decade and even into the early 90s. And then we had that 20-year drought where we didn't win nothing. And people were wondering why WA cricket was so poor. It had gone down the well. Uh, we were going nowhere. And, of course, then Justin Langer came around and turn things around. But anyway, we'll speak to Jeff Marsh about that because I want to ask him, because he's been involved with cricket from basically the late 70s until now, which is the best crop of players? The ones that he played with, particularly during the 80s, or the ones that he's now coaching down there at the Wacker Ground? So Jeff's going to join us a little bit later on. Also, another great WA sports person I'm going to speak to later in the program. Celebrating a milestone birthday today. He is celebrating the half century. I'm going to talk to Danny Green on the program. And we're not going to just talk about boxing. We're going to talk about everything else regarding Danny Green's life and what he has treasured in his 50 years on this planet. But we will touch on... Certainly some moments in his career and whether he sees, and I believe there is an individual who won at an MMA boxing event on Saturday at the Metro Club, I think it was, there in Northbridge, that could be stepping 
in Danny Green's footsteps. This kid reportedly is very good, and Danny's in his corner. So we're going to talk to Danny Green a bit later on. So I'm looking forward to that. So plenty coming up on the program, but first let's kick it off with our sports news headlines. All thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three, get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres during Tyre Power's store-wide super sale. Test match, they've just come back after tea. Australia in a pretty strong position after winning the toss and electing to bat. Two for 150 at the moment. Smith is 38 not out of 129 balls. And Kawaja has faced 181 balls and he's unbeaten on 66. These were the two wickets to fall. Travis Head went for 32. And Marnus Labashane, who played on from an inside edge onto the stumps for three. The SCN cricket team were there, and this is how they called it. Ashford wider of the crease. Head using his feet down towards mid on, and he's taken! Jadeja at mid on, moving to his left. Very much against the flow of play. Head got on the front foot and tried to crunch him over the top. Head dismissed for 32. Ashwin in the book. Australia one for 61. He slashed all day at the at the fast bowlers, but that was his first real sign of aggression against the spin of, of Ashwin. And he got to the pitch of the ball. He just skewed it, didn't he? It just didn't kind of come off the middle of the bat. And a pretty simple catch to get on. Shami is it. Laced up out the ground, inside edge, back onto the stumps, loose shot, full outside the off stump, went for the booming drive, dragged it back onto his stumps, and Australia have lost their second, they're two for 72, Labuschagne goes for three. Arnas Labuschagne has thrown his head back, it's a very loose shot from him, the ball wasn't there to drive, the feet didn't move, it was all hands. He's opened the gate between bat and bat, a huge inside edge, slammed into his stumps. India needed something, this game was drifting. Oh, nothing short in the end. Leg stump has been uprooted. What a bowling change from Rohit Sharma. Just when India needed it. Oh, that's love Shane, will be very disappointed. Well, there you go, the two wickets to fall. Uh, head for 32, Labashane for three. Usman Kawaja, 66 not out. Steve Smith, who's captaining the side in the absence of Pat Cummings, is 38 not out. And Australia, two for 150. Uh, the batting to come, Peter Hanscom will come in next in the WA's Cameron Green at six. Alex Carey, the wicketkeeper batsman at seven. Then the bowlers of Mitchell Stark, Nathan Lyon, Todd Murphy and Matthew Kuhneman. So interesting uh, developments uh, there in Ahmedabad. Um, and looking at the bowling figures, Mohamed Shami has one for 31 off 11 overs. And uh, Ashwin has one for 32 off 18 overs. A bit of AFL news. And Tim Watson certainly has got the tongues uh, wagging in relation. Everyone's giving their predictions. And I'll give you my predictions actually on Monday uh, as we head into the first round. Of course, the first game uh, is next Thursday. And by the way, Sports Day WA will have an AFL preview before the coverage between three and four. That's next Thursday. Three and four next Thursday. And the coverage of our AFL season starts at four o'clock on all our network stations and platforms. So the run home will be one to three and sports day three to four. That's next Thursday. In fact, for the next three Thursdays. So put that in your diary. But just going back to what Tim Watson, the former Essendon champion, had to say on SEN this morning, everyone's giving their predictions. And he gave a prediction on Fremantle. 
and the top eight. This is what he had to say. Do you want to order or do you want just the top eight teams? Order. Order. Uh, Melbourne, Geelong, Brisbane, Collingwood, Sydney, Dogs, Richmond, St Kilda. Right. You've got St Kilda in the eight. That would be the one that would have most people yep. raising their eyebrows. Where'd they finish last year? They finished 10th. Yeah. How many wins? 12, uh, ten, 11 wins and 11 losses. Yeah. So who goes out? Uh, who goes out? I think Fremantle goes out. You've got Fremantle outside the eight. Yes. That's the West Australian um, news people. Well, somebody has to wrong. miss out. The wisp is Watson declares Fremantle a flashing pan. Fair income, Tim. I think you're getting too old. You lost your marbles. Unbelievable. He's put St Kilda in and left Fremantle out. I know there's only one guy that's happy with that in this SENWA studios, and that's one, Jimmy Williams. Unbelievable. Nah. Honestly, we're all, we're all giving our predictions here on the SEN team, and I said I'll give you my predictions uh, next Monday when I rejoin you here on Sports Day. It was AFL Captain's Day today, and, uh, you know, Jack Steele from St Kilda was asked about that Ross Lyon audio leak that certainly made headlines yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was quite disappointing, really, um, that, that it's happened. But it was a mistake. It was an honest mistake from, from our club and some of the people involved. But, um, yeah, you can't really do much about it now. Um, Ross addressed it to the playing group yesterday afternoon before it all came out, which, um, which, we, which we, you know, liked um, from, from Ross to get on the front foot and just accept and, um, you know, what's happened and, and tell us exactly what's happened was, um, was pretty important uh, for me as a player. So. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, why did he choose to do that, do you think, the coach? Oh, I think it's... Um, it's never great to hear things come out that isn't, you know, from your club and, and your coach. So, um, you know, in, in the past, things like things like this might have happened where we found about, you know, a certain situation on social media and it's not great to hear as a player or a captain of the club, um, you know, that your, your mum or your, your best mate's hearing stuff before you do. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought um, from our coach to come out and do that as a player was, was awesome. Interesting, isn't it? That's Jack Steele, who I admire as a player and as an individual. He's a real leader for the St Kilda Footy Club. Now, there's been a wicket at the cricket, and Steve Smith is out. He's chopped one back onto his stomach. Very similar to what Marnus Labashane did. He chopped Mohammed Shami back onto his stumps, and Steve Smith has chopped on Ravinda Jadeja onto his stumps for 38 of 131 balls, and Australia now three for 151. Three for 151. Peter Hanscom will be the new batsman at the crease. And Usman Kawaja, who opened the batting, is still there, batting nicely too. Ten boundaries in his 67. He's faced 184 balls. So we'll keep you uh, posted on that uh, here on Sports Day. Before we welcome Jeff Marsh to the program, let's reflect on yesterday's great Marsh one-day cup win. And this is what Ashton Agar had to say post-match. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm very proud of um, our group, our whole organisation. Um, I think it speaks volumes of us and what we've been able to create here um, over quite a long time now. Like, I've been really lucky to see this sort of group of players come up for 10 years and now we're um, reaping all the rewards of a lot of hard work. So, obviously, personally, I'm very proud. I love I love playing with these guys. They're my best friends and we have a really good time out there and I think that's um, why we're successful. Yeah, good stuff. Ashton Agar speaks uh, very well. So Jeff Marsh is an assistant coach, former great West Australian 
batsman and also successful player. I'm going to talk to him next about which era and which group of players is the best. Peter Vlahos here with you on Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to Kia and, of course, Toolmart, the complete tool centre. And after the great success of the WA side yesterday in the Marsh One Day Cup final, I thought to myself, what angle should I take with my show? We've heard of Adam Voges a bit earlier. He was on the run home. Justin Langer was featured on the breakfast program this morning with Scotty and Goss. And I thought, I'm going to speak to this gentleman because he was part of seven Sheffield Shield campaigns when WA were successful, dating back to the late 70s into the early 90s. Seven campaigns when WA were numero uno. We're talking about Jeff Marsh, and he joins us on the program now. Hello, Jeff. Hello, mate. How are you? Has anybody in WA cricket played in more successful campaigns than you? Uh, well, I think Graham Wood's there. I think uh, Tom Moody. Yep. Um, I, I think they're all up around... Um, uh, I played in seven, of which two years I didn't play that final game. Um, I played during the season, but I played in five that we... Uh, we actually won uh, once the um, um, once the sh- uh, Shield final came in. I won in the first year when I was playing uh, first year of Shield cricket. So yeah, I've had a, had a few wins, which has been great. But there's been a lot of players in our era uh, that uh, that played as Graham Wood and Tom Moody, and there's probably others that have done uh, done the same. Interesting, and you're still involved with WA cricket, so I thought that'd be a great way to sort of try, if we can, compare eras and compare the calibre of players that are going around for WA cricket. It's interesting, actually, just going back to the Marsh One Day Cup final. I had a look, uh, and of course, Mitch was just five sixes yesterday, three fours. It was just a brilliant half century off only 27 balls, and that's the fastest half century in one day finals cricket. And behind him is another Marsh, Rod Marsh. He had a half century off 32 balls. Where's Jeff? Well, they both hit the ball a lot harder than what I used to, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you probably look at the slowest 50 you might get, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're an outstanding player. It's actually looking at the era. Is that you mentioned in the late 70s. I think 78 WA took off the Sheffield Shield for finishing top. There was Inverarity. There was the likes of Clark, you know, the late Tony Mann, Hughes, Wood, Yardley, Alderman, Brayshaw. We could go on. How good was that 70s era for WA cricket? Oh, that well, to me, that was the start of my career, and um, I can't tell you how much I learnt uh, in, in those days from people like Johnny Verity, uh, Ian Brayshaw, um, you know, just guys like, you know, I grew up with Terry Alderman and uh, you know, Graham Wood, Bruce Yardley, Bruce Tony Mann. Tony Mann used to be my roomie when I first started. Um, you know, I remember sitting, you know, in, uh, sitting up at night and just talking cricket with him. Um, and just, I still got those memories of things that he, you know, that he taught me. And um, yeah, it was a great era to play with Dennis Lilly, you know, Rod Marsh, Bruce Laird. I mean, just incredible. And of course, you really established yourself during the 80s. And we won titles in 81, 84, 87, 88, 89. You know, Graham Wood, Wayne Andrews, Mike Valletta was there. You mentioned Moody. You mentioned Hughes. Timmy Zura was behind the stumps. Big Bruce Reed, the left-arm lanky fast bowler was there. Greg Shippard, who was very stoic at number three. Terry Alderman. And of course, Tom Hogan, who used to bowl some pretty good spin bowling as well. That was a great year for WA cricket, wasn't it? 
fantastic there. And I think if you went through that list again, I think there would be nine guys played test cricket out of that uh, out of that team that you just announced. And that was a, the, the biggest difference between uh, that era and this current era now is T20 cricket has taken away the opportunity for our test players, um, our T20 players to play in Sheffield Shield cricket. And that's it can't be helped, but um, you know when you played in the 80s and uh, and early 90s and in the 70s, you were always playing against the best players in Australia for the majority of the time that you played state cricket. And um, if you look at the current uh, situation at the moment, we've got I think we've got roughly 18 players nearly in India at the moment, which you've taken out of Sheffield Shield cricket. Uh, you've got Stoinis here injured. You've got Mitch. Uh, Mitch has just come back from injury. You know, there's a number of players um, uh, out of Sheffield Shield cricket at the moment, and it's really hard to judge that era versus this era. This era in Western Australian cricket, we've got an incredible amount of young talent coming through, both in batting and bowling. Um, and but in the 80s era, they had a lot of talent, but they had a lot more test players coming back and being available for more Sheffield Shield games. So pound for pound, I know it's hard, Jeff, and you're an assistant coach now at the uh, WACA. Uh, people are now saying, and I suppose everybody tends to live in the present, that this could be the best squad of cricketers that WA has ever assembled. Uh, would you agree with that, or is it hard to actually say yes or no? Yeah, well, the way I put it is that um, uh, in the era that we're talking about, in the late 70s and 80s, um, there were a lot of players played test cricket for Australia. At one stage, I think we had eight or nine players, correct me if I'm wrong there, but I reckon I'm pretty close, playing in the team from Western Australia. And I know it's one of the things down at the Wacker at the moment that uh, we want to get more of our players playing test cricket. At the moment, we currently have got Greeny. And, mm. um, you know, we've got Lance Morris over there. He's very, very young. And we've got a lot of young players playing for us now that could step up. Cameron Bancroft is ready for test cricket again. He's been terrific this year and scored a lot of runs. And, and I think he's ready to uh, go back and uh, have another crack at test cricket. So I would judge it that way. This, era, this team that's currently playing now... Um, you know, there's a lot of good young players there, and we'll judge them probably in 10 or 15 years' time. We went uh, from, I think, 1999 when we won the uh, the Shield uh, through uh, a barren 20 years before we bounced back with success. You've been involved all through those years, Jeff. Can I ask you the reason why WA cricket is so strong in all formats at the moment, not forgetting that Perth Scorchers took off the BBL as well? Well, I think Western Australian cricket turned the corner when Justin Langer became coach of Western Australia. And uh, he brought in that culture that it went back to that hard work, you know, the inverity, the, you know, the Dennis Lee, the hard work, um, you know, get fit, um, you know, become the best cricketer, the best person you can be. And, and that foundation is, is in the Western Australian team now, Adam Boges was Justin's uh, captain when he was coaching Western Australia and uh, that now has just flowed on and Adam's just continued and, and probably taken it to another level. Um, 
and we've got, as I say, you've got to have talent to, to play well. Uh, in that in that uh, period that um, we didn't win a lot in Sheffield Shields, you would have noticed that we'd have had a lot of players playing T20 cricket, one-day cricket uh, and test cricket spread over. So there was, there was probably around about 10 or 11 state players uh, playing for Australia in that era, even though we didn't win a Sheffield Shield. We went close. Um, um, you know, we sadly we played two two Sheffield Shields. One was in Canberra uh, on an absolute road, and then we went to Tasmania. And they said the only wicket we got left there is a one-day wicket, so we had to play a Shield final on that. That was disappointing. We had a very good side, but we were building at that stage. As we let you go, Jeff, we've got a Sheffield Shield final starts. I think the 23rd of March. I tell you what, that wicket yesterday, I saw the coverage. Uh, it was a beautiful wicket to bat on, wasn't it? And it gave a bit to the bowlers. Let's hope we get a similar wicket for the Shield final. Yeah, well, you've got to give credit to our curators. They've done a magnificent job all year, both both uh, at the Wacker and at the uh, the stadium. Our wickets have been outstanding and. Uh, you know, yesterday the score, you know, 386 will be scored. Um, and the way that South Australia came out and started their innings, it was just a magnificent cricket wicket and a great spectacle yesterday with the, the crowd there. And, um, you know, the ground, one half of the ground looked magnificent. The other half's got a bit of work to do. <laughs> yeah, it looked, like a, it looked like Scarborough Beach, let me tell you. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, I saw the back page or the, the photo of the WA one-day uh, cricket team that won the final yesterday, and I looked at your son, Mitch, and he had a smile from ear to ear. He would have loved it yesterday, back playing cricket with his mates. Yeah, he did. I mean, he got 100 in the uh, Shield game and played really well and, um, and, and, and batted beautifully yesterday when he went in. Um, he's now currently in India, so... From finishing the game last night, um, they're already in India and uh, getting ready for the uh, for uh, the one-day series coming up. Unbelievable! They're so busy cricketers yeah. these days. Uh, that's, that's it. That's exactly what. Uh, and you got to remember, someone like Mitchell and uh, Stoinis, they've played state cricket, Shield cricket for two years. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! And that, that is the uh, that's just the way the system is at the moment with T20 cricket, and you know that's becoming very big around the world and. Um, uh, but every single cricketer loves playing Sheffield Shield cricket and they love winning Sheffield Shields. Yeah. And um, the, greatest, the, the great thing about um, you know, the last couple of months of the Wacker is just the, the, uh, the fans that have come down, 53,000 came and watched the Scorchers at the stadium. Uh, had the game yesterday been on a weekend, I reckon our crowd uh, would have been up around about 10,000, 15,000. Um, our, 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 Public are really started to support our team again. Yeah, no, it's great to see. And it's great to talk to you again, Jeff, to compare the eras that you were involved with them from the late 70s through the 80s and, of course, into that early 90s period. And, of course, still involved with WA Cricket as an assistant coach with the uh, team at the moment. Thanks for your time and uh, bring on the Sheffield Shield. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Swampy Marsh, great man and uh, just loves the game. And it was so good. I think from a father's perspective to see how Mitch Marsh has come back and played so well in the Sheffield Shield game and then in the final yesterday. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, another great West Australian. 
We're going to celebrate with Danny Green next here on Sports Day WA for Kia and Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Yes, yeah, one of the great birthday songs. Uh, it's played, of course, religiously when people celebrate their birthday. And I thought I'd play it, Stevie Wonder's happy birthday, for this gentleman who I'm about to introduce. Turns a half century today. Who would have thought that Danny Green, of course, the great WA sports person, actually turns 5-0 today? Happy birthday, Danny. Much appreciated, Pete. I'm very, very happy to have got here. <laughs> Let me also say I've got you in the car, so we're going to spend a few minutes with you while you're commuting, but I believe you've got a zoo in the back, have you? Well, I've um, I've got my, my girl, my, my beautiful bull terrier, Yayo, but also got my lorikeet, Strawberry. So, um, and I've got two kids who, at times, um, you know, they could be any, all sorts or any different uh, species from the animal world um, at any given time, depending on their behaviour. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're a, bit of a, a little bit of a menagerie, but, yeah, uh, Strawberry's in the back and he tends to get a bit vocal. All right, if there's a bit of noise, we can hear Strawberry in the background. Adds to the dynamics of this interview, Danny. I must ask you, how old are the kids now? I remember when you became a father all those years ago, it was a special moment. How old are they now? Yeah, very special, Pete. My daughter, Chloe's 21, just turned what? 21. I'm a little man, Archie. Yeah, my little man, Archie's not so much of a little man anymore. He's grown up fast, and he just turned 15 late December. So, as you know, Peter, it rips along. Yeah, let me tell you, Chloe, 21, when, uh, of course, prospective boyfriends knock on the green door, I reckon they'd be fearful of what Dad might do or might say when they come to the front doorstep and ask permission to take uh, Chloe Green out. Yeah, I've been through that, been, been down that track, mate. And, uh, yeah, she has a boyfriend, Scott's his name, and they've been together for a couple of years, and he's a fantastic young bloke. And so, for me, it's been a pretty seamless transition from a, a father, um, you know, overlooking um, a boyfriend, um, because um, they've been together for a couple of years, and, you know, he, he's, a, he's a ripping young bloke, so uh, we're really happy for, for both of them. And what about you, Danny, uh, at 50 now, looking back over your life, uh, you're pretty content. Sporting-wise, you achieved what you wanted to achieve. You've got a lovely family. I believe you're leading uh, and living a, a nice existence at the moment. You must be pretty content as you reflect on your years. Yeah, without doubt. Pete, I had a couple of close calls when I was young. Um, I'm happy to make it to the age of 50. And uh, I've, I've been blessed. I was blessed to be born into two loving parents, and, um, you know, having three siblings that I'm very close with and then formed a, a magical friendship group from a very, very early age. So I'm still friends with a majority of the bloke, or I'm going to say a majority of There's about six or eight of us that have been mates since I was from about the age of nine to 12 that we're still very close with. And then I've made some, you know, some forged some significant friendships along the way as well. Um, so I've been really, really lucky to, to have been... And, and the one... The one thing my father instilled in myself and, uh, and my ki- and my brother and sisters, Narelle, Shani and Brennan, was to surround yourself with good people. And I feel that's what I've aimed to do. And I think there's a bit of luck involved. Good people come your way too and you gravitate towards them and you, and you latch on them and you, you, you always try and hold on to something that's, that's, that's of value and that's, that, that's good and decent. And I've been very, very blessed to have been surrounded by so many good people. And, and so today, yeah, it's, it's, it's a... When I look back and reflect on my life, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I worked extremely hard. I took a lot of punishment and worked harder than, than most fighters out there to achieve what I did. Um, but also, again, 
uh, uh, surrounded by good people. You know, Justin Norcus, Molly, affectionately known as, uh, and he was head of Green Machine Boxing, and Mickey Pember and Pauline Wilson and, and Wayne Loxie early in the day in the media section. You know, we formed Green Machine Boxing and really, really took Australia, um, you know, by storm and put on three of the biggest boxing shows, the biggest boxing promotions that have ever been so far. And I don't know whether they're going to be stopped or beaten any time in the future because they were just... They were momentous. So, yeah, it's, it's been a, a, a wonderful life having to be achieved a lot, seen a lot, travelled the country, represent my country in boxing, something I always wanted to do, and maintain amazing friendship groups. And, and now I've got a, a wonderful family of my own that I'm, I'm very, very proud of. So, you know, life's, life's great, but, I, and I, but I, don't, I don't say that lightly. I'm, I'm very, very uh, appreciative and grateful. Of, of the life that I have. Just before we talk a bit of boxing, because of course that's where you made your name as far as a career is concerned. Uh, your brother, of course, played for the Claremont Footy Club. I remember meeting your dad when he's involved with Hungry Jacks, who became prominent sponsors and still are with the West Coast Eagles. Did Danny Green ever contemplate playing footy? And are you still a West Coast Eagles supporter? Uh, Pete, I love playing footy. That's the, the, some of the best years of my life. One of the most magical, three of the most magical memories I have of. Some of them are three premierships who won as a, as, a, as a junior football club, and those same blokes that are, that are mates with now to talk about, they were the guys I played footy with. I stopped playing. I played up to the 17s when we were the Tigers Cup premiership, and then I played a year after that, uh, you know, when I was a bit older as an amateur. But, mate, I, I, I was terrible. I enjoyed playing <laughs> footy, and I wished I could play better, but, you know, I was hidden in the forward pocket, um, and, and uh, that was about the, uh, the... And I was tiny when I was a kid, mate, so I didn't grow so I was... Finished footy. I was 18 years old, so my brother was blessed with the football skill, brains, and, and he was a very rugged, hard footballer who, you know, the opposition didn't like, and and but wanted him on their team. And and, and he's the kind of guy you want on your team. You know, he was a hard the ball guy, ripper bloke, and um, you know, a very skillful, very skillful guy. Drafted the Eagles in '94, but unfortunately, pretty tough team to break into in his position. He had Don Pike and you know Tony Evans and the Materas and you know. Mainwaring, Hetty and Kebby and I've probably forgotten a few of those legends in that team. Mm. So really tough team to bring in. He played ten years at Claremont, two premierships and one Ferris and Best in Premiership year. I used to love going to watch him play um, you know, football, me and my mates on the hill, having a having a few skins and a laugh and, and heckling him. <laughs> and then um, but no I, I, I couldn't play footy. As far as football goes and supporting I, apparently I'm the number one ticket holder at West Coast Eagles for a long time, but I rarely go to the footy man, I don't really watch much football, I don't watch much TV. If I watch TV, I'm watching surfing, fishing, boxing or something like that. Um, I don't. I rarely watch mainstream TV. I don't read the paper. I haven't for a very long time, mate. And um, I just uh, I just cruise and do my own thing, mate. So, and I'd prefer if I was going to watch a game of footy, I'd prefer to watch it how it was back in the day. But I'm a bit of a bit of an old school bloke, and I, I was fortunate enough to go and visit, watch the '92 Grand Final when the Eagles won against Geelong with my father and my brother and that's a, a memory that I'll always have and cherish um, but the game's changed a fair bit now mate so um, I, I don't, mm. if I had to coach a game of a team now I wouldn't even know what to bloody do <laughs> Saying that I know you've got the kids in the car what's Archie picked up is he interested in any sports at all? Uh, he loves he loves he, he's got the surfing bug which I'm wrapped mate because that's, that's the bug that I've always had and I want him to get that bug because it's a way for my son and I to stay connected you know, when we're older, surfing. So I'm, I'm just so wrapped. He's got the bug and he loves it. Um, but he also loves boxing, man. He wants to fight. He said he wants to fight. My daughter wants to fight. She was a very, a very, very successful open water swimmer. She won three 
national titles, 10 kilometres, 7.5 and 5 kilometre national titles in the open water, which is just a, a brutal, brutal gig. And now she says she wants the box. So we'll see, mate. She's got a, she, she's been walking the walk with me a bit. So let's see if she starts talking the talk, we'll, we'll start sit down and talk turkey. But my boy Archie, everyone says he's your son going to fight. I don't want him to, mate. I, I really don't because I know how hard it is and how tough it can be on the body. But if he seriously wants to, and that's what he wants to do, and he has all the skill to do it, he has the natural attributes, he's naturally gifted, he's got big mitts, he's tall and lean, he's skinny and tall, but he can punch. He loves to mix it up, he's not afraid. He's got great skill, he's got good footwork. Um, so, look, we'll see, but if he wants to fight, it won't be for a couple of years yet. I want to hold him off until he's older and more developed physically. But um, at the moment, he's, he's, he's walking the walk and he's talking the talk. So, uh, we'll see, Pete. Yeah, and if it does eventuate, you'd be happy to be in his corner, I gather. Oh, 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 knowing the game inside out, mate, it's it's imperative that I'm that I'm by his side, and it's difficult as a father to be a trainer. I said to him, mate, there's going to be times where I'm going to it's going to be very hard for me because as a, I know the fight game inside out, and I'm going to have to send you back out of your stool, and you're going to be in danger of getting seriously hurt, um, and maybe you know damage. You're going to get damage. You get concussion. You're going to get knocked out. You're going to get broken bones in your face broken ribs, broken hands. It's going to happen. That's a, that's a given if you're going to make it to the top of the sport. So it's going to be difficult for me, but I also want to make sure I'm there to guide and, and, and help him and support him. I don't want to push him. I just want to support him. And my my role will probably be helping prevent some silly mistakes or the wrong him doing the wrong things and, and learning the wrong things and not applying himself the right way. But I, I if he's going to... If he's, he has attributes like me, so he's going to be a, a, a hard worker, I imagine. So that's probably not going to be a problem to make him work hard. Probably making sure he doesn't work too hard. Interesting. Uh, as a teenager, you tried mixed martial arts, kickboxing, and, of course, you had your first amateur boxing bout. I think you were about 20 years of age. What about the emergence of mixed martial arts in the UFC uh, with Jack Della Maddalena? Of course, Steve Ersick has uh, just been picked up by the UFC. Uh, what are your thoughts on the UFC and the growth of that sport? Yeah, look, I loved karate and kickboxing. A couple of kickboxing fights when I was younger and then my first boxing fight when I was 18. So, but it was always, I always wanted to be a boxer. But the UFC is, you know, it's an incredible sport. There's, there's, there's so much of it. It's, it's a, it, was, it was the fastest growing sport in the world. There's so much hype and, 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 and then exposure around it. And look, I, I respect any fighter of any code, of any combat sport that gets in there and tests themselves. Doesn't matter who they are, what they do. Um, I don't like the fact that they're allowed to whack them when on the ground. If someone gets knocked out and they're allowed to jump on them and hammer fist them from above, I find that I don't like, I don't agree with it, mate. I think as soon as someone gets knocked out or dropped, they should not be allowed to jump on them and start smacking them. Especially when the majority of them, when they hit the ground, you, I can see they're unconscious or they're severely concussed where they cannot defend themselves. And then to be able to jump on and give them two or three hammer fists before, and, and let's, not, let's not forget, the human being, the referee is a human being and he may not get there in time and it's allowing for more damage. And I don't like the look of it, but apart from that, the UFC's, um, I respect all the fighters that get in there and have a go and do what they do. And yeah, the young Jack um, Della Maddalena is, is is on a tear away. You know, I met him last week actually. Met him a long time ago. He used to come watch my fights and ripping young bloke. And he's he's um, he's, he's tearing him apart. And he's on a he's on a, a real a, he's, on, he's got a very bright future. And what I like about him most, he's a very humble, um, switched on young bloke and uh, and and gives a shit about everyone else, mm. not just himself. 
but he's got immense skill and, and talent and power, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him, you know, grow up the sport and hopefully win a world championship. Yeah, well, let's get back to boxing, where, of course, you held the WBA light uh, heavyweight title for about 12 months or so, the IBO cruiserweight title twice, and, of course, the WBC interim super middleweight title as well, Danny, uh, about 15 years ago or so. Let's have a look at who's going to be maybe following Danny Green's footsteps. And I believe you were at a uh, Dragonfire event uh, on Friday night, uh, Dragonfire Boxing, and you're watching very close in his caller, Alex Winwood, who, from all reports is an up-and-coming star. I think he stopped the world number 13-ranked Thibaut Monabasa to claim the WBC International Light Flightweight Championship. Is he a, a special product? Uh, will we hear more of Alex? Uh, I think you will, Pete. He's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's an extremely good puncher. He's very gifted. He's very balanced, poised. He's very classy in his delivery of his punches. His, his punch output is phenomenal once he starts cracking. And when he hurts an opponent, he doesn't let him off the hook, uh, which is important to be a fighter. But as a fighter, as a boxer, a lot of the weight divisions that are small never really get the exposure or the following. I think this, he's, this, this kid's the smallest weight division out of any division in boxing. But I think he has the ability to garner a following, particularly here in WA, local, born and bred Bunbury Mandra boy. He, um, he and, you know, he's, he's, he's a very proud Noongar. He's got all the attributes to go to the top because... A, his, his style of fighting um, and, how, and how good he is, but B, he's got his head switch on. He's a very strong-minded young individual and he's a very, very community-minded young bloke, a ripping guy. Everyone that meets him likes him, um, which is a great, a great attribute to have. But his punching power, his skill, his finesse is phenomenal. I really believe he can win a world championship. And also he's training under Andrew, Angela Hyder, managed by Tony Tolls here in WA, um, who does a magnificent job with him. And Angela Hyder is absolutely the right man to be steering his ship because he really has the gift as a trainer, Angelo, and together they work really well. And one really important thing about Alex is, and I don't want to blow my own trumpet here, but I was a very good listener if I had the coach that I trusted and believed in and we had a good teamwork and we had a good plan because I was very, very, obviously, I'm the fighter, I'm the guy that's doing it. But if you've got a voice in your ear that you sometimes every now and then you need a bit of, you know, you need a, a, the tactic to maybe pull out something that you quite can't see because you're in the moment and you've got concussion and everything, you get punched in the face full on. Alex is a very, very good listener. He will listen to Angelo. They've got a great relationship, and that's very important for a fighter. So, yeah, I think you're going to see Alex a lot more. I think his name's going to be on the rise. I think he's a star in the making. Watch him progress. And just finally, uh, Dan, it's been great having a chat to you. Uh, I spoke to Brett Bonetti, who I know very well, and you know him, of course. Uh, he does come on my program to talk about uh, mixed martial arts and boxing. He was telling me that Alex is aiming to win a world title faster than Jeff Fennick, and Fennick did it in seven fights. Can you see Alex maybe securing that? Look, Pat, I don't know. Yes, I could. Um, I, I could see that happening. He's, he, he just took out the guy who beat, um, I can't remember his last name, um, Montebiso, or yeah. I can't now, yeah. I don't know the guy that well, but he was only lost was to a former world champion. So a very well credentialed fighter, and Alex just picked him apart. As far as the seven fights go, I don't know. Um, I'm more interested in, in worrying about him becoming world champion. I don't care how quick he does it. I just want to see him the kid become a world champion. Um, and the speed in which he does it is, is yeah, you know, that's obviously not to me. It's up to it's up to him and his manager and his trainer. But uh, I really think um, that he's got potential to become a world champion. And, and solidify his his um, his place amongst world champions, and maybe even step up and 
and and and, un, and win, a, win unify the title and win another title in another weight division. He's that classy kid. And also, um, you know, Brett Brunetti. Oh, how could you forget Brett? <laughs> yeah, no, he's a and, good man. And he's great for the fight game because he's always out there doing positive things and trying to get exposure for the sport. So. Brett Benny's great for the sport in this state. Good stuff. Now, Danny, I'll let you go and get back to driving. Mate, enjoy your 50th birthday celebration with family and friends. Well done. I know what it's like. It's, it's a special milestone. You would have woken up this morning and thought to yourself, oh, my God, I'm 50 years of age. So uh, it is certainly Mate, a way I woke, to... Up to something, I woke up to something that my wife had been preparing for. Yeah, my wife knows she knows I want presents, so... When I woke up, I had everything I wanted. Anyway, before I woke before I woke up, I had everything in my life I needed and wanted: a loving family and friends, and you know, a roof over my head. So I was happy. But uh, she get she 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 organised a thing from so many people over the many many years of our life and through the sport etc. That I knew, and she got them to you know just write something down about me that you know that that, that, that was a memory that we had together. And I woke up to this amazing book that she'd put together that took her and my kids weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and many, many hours, and I started crying. I was just overwhelmed. My wife is just an absolute gem. Mm. And it blew me away. I was just, just so so overwhelmed. So, yeah, it's it's a special day, mate. I'm, I'm just doing a low-key thing with the family, and uh, I'm, I'm wrapped to have been here and to all the people who have wished me well. Um, thank you so very much. Uh, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I'm just wrapped to be here and have so much thanks and love in my heart for everyone that's been around me my whole life. Good on you, mate. You made me feel a bit emotional. Well done, Danny. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us, mate. Enjoy it. And again, happy birthday from everybody listening in and yours truly as well. Much appreciated, Pete. You've always been in my corner. Thank you, mate. I enjoyed that. Uh, certainly a long interview, but uh, he speaks so well. And as I said, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Danny Green uh, half a century today. And uh, he speaks so highly of uh, so many people and so many things in his life. We're going to take a break. After the break, we'll wrap up Sports Day WA on this Thursday. Welcome back. Hope you've enjoyed today's uh, Sports Day WA program. All thanks to Kia and also Toolmart the Complete Tour Centre. Just a couple little bits before I let you go. Uh, in the AFL, the best-performed club across the AFL and the AFLW competitions will receive a $1 million prize and be awarded the McClellan Trophy from this year. Now, the money will be shared by players and the winning club with the split to be determined in the ongoing collective bargaining agreement negotiations between the AFL and the AFL Players Association. The champion club, in inverted commas, will be determined as the club with the most points at the end of the men's and women's home and away seasons. And I think that's a pretty good idea, actually. And just finally, a bit of glory news. The Perth Glory play the Western Sydney Wanderers tomorrow night. They're back at HBF Park. Kickoff is at 7pm. And today they confirmed that New Zealand international goalkeeper Ollie Sale has signed a three-year deal with the club, which will commence at the end of the current season. He's the 27-year-old. He's been really the A-League's most outstanding goalkeeper since establishing himself as Wellington Phoenix' first choice at the start of the 2020-21 campaign and claimed the club's Player of the Year, Players' Player of the Year, the Meter Player of the Year awards last year. So there you go. Ollie Sale has been uh, recruited as a goalkeeper for the glory. He's a pretty good one at that for the next uh, three seasons. That's it for me for this week. Thanks, Jimmy. And also thanks, Lee, for assisting us here on Sports Day WA. I'll be back again at 5 o'clock on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Cheers.